0: What's up everybody and welcome back, welcome back to your favourite podcast, it's the Bridging the Gap podcast, I hope you guys are well, um, I am fantastic, thank you for asking, uh, we have come out the back end of, of our isolation, uh, my mum came down with, i do not sure if I said this in the last podcast or not, but my mum came down with all the symptoms of coronavirus about a week ago, uh, probably a little bit longer now, 8-9 days ago. Uh, didn't really know what it was the first couple days, and then just got hit for six, and she she remained in bed for about four days. Moseyed around a little bit on the fifth day, uh, and the sixth day was a little bit better, and then come seventh, eighth day, she's she's pretty much back to normal now with the back end of the cough right now, so we've had to put ourselves into isolation, uh, so we have not left the house at all. Not for a walk, not for nothing. Probably could have gone for a walk, to be honest, because I do live in the countryside, but Mum shouted at me when I tried to do that, so I didn't. Uh, we're going to be back with a a Q and A video today. Video. I'm getting. I'm doing, putting out so much content. I'm getting, I'm getting confused with where I am, even though there's a microphone in front of my face. Um, Q and A podcast today. Now, obviously, I like to kind of pick a few topics here and there. But sometimes it's nice just to let you guys ask whatever you want and just go through something. And, we, and it's nice to get some different topics and different ideas. Obviously, it's very, very much fitness-centric, bodybuilding-centric. But uh, there's a lot we can take from from some of these questions. And I think I can, I can delve a little bit deeper if we need to. So the first question is going to be about my coach. And it is going to say, what have I learned most since being with Cal? So Cal, Callum Raystrict is part of the Muscle Mentors. He is my coach at the moment and has been for, I checked in yesterday, and it was the 89th week in a row, so we are closing in on two years, it'll be two years in the summer, uh, and I've never really looked back, I've, I've always seeked value, or I've always had value from Cal, and I think the thing that I've learned most uh, is actually probably transferable to my clients, and it's just how, how individual people are, and how he peaked me so much differently each each peak week um, and it was just a uh, peak week is like the week before you compete and obviously you're super shredded. The idea is to get super full but super dry at the same time um, and, and, and the meticulousness of what we changed and what we monitored, the, the, the pictures that we went through really, really showed to me uh, the difference that each individual can have. And it's very, very easy. And I'm sure lots and lots of coaches do it very much blanket coach and general coach. So they don't see the weight go down, they drop calories, they increase, you know, they increase cardio. But that's not always the case. And I think there's a lot to take from that. And something for me that, that, that blew my mind was from my first competition. I told, you, I told you, one competition in June, at the end of June, and then another competition at the beginning of July, and my next one was September. So I had like five weeks where I need to maintain this leanness, which is very very difficult to do uh, when you are that lean. And we took out nearly all the cardio. We took out all the cardio, and I'm like, why are you taking the cardio out? We can't take the cardio out. Like, you know, I've got to stay lean And my like, metabolism. This metabolism that. And It was just such an eye-opening experience to be able to maintain that tissue even grow into the show and come in looking better for that final Um, And I never realized that that kind of meticulousness Can really shape a physique Um, and that's something that hugely hugely affected uh, my my clients and my ability to coach someone because I put a lot more emphasis on the little details a lot more emphasis on learning the body a lot more emphasis on those little tweaks and micro micro changes in reducing stress increasing sleep and and we really came out to uh, Like this year I've had the best results of my life, you know And, and I think a lot of that would be down to Callan and, and his methods that have been imprinted on me So I'm very very thankful um, for that, I'm also very thankful that I can bring that information to you guys now, you know, um, and it's very nice to have a big platform to do so, or, a, you know, a, for me it's big, for me, it's, fuck it, it's a big platform, fuck it, <laughs> uh, to bring to you guys podcast, you know, Instagram, YouTube, all of that stuff, and, and to be able to bring that to you consistently is, it's been amazing because people like Cal don't get enough recognition, you know, um, and unfortunately we're in a game of followers, we're in a game of marketing, we're in a game of who can click what photo, and quite often, the best coaches don't have that. Um, they don't have that marketing. Cal actually definitely is is on that 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 scale of 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 very good marketing. He's got his own website. He's, he's He's got a lot going for him. But a lot of these big coaches that that struggle to get the followers because maybe they don't look the part. Maybe they're posting other people a lot. You know, it's very very difficult for their information to get out as wide as as some of the top influencers at the moment. So it's very very uh humbling and, and and i'm very very thankful that i can bring some of his information to more people and recognition to him as well so I hope that happens anyway um do you need more than one variation of a session i.e should i do two rotations of push or two rotations of pull so for me um, i really enjoy the rotations of exercises i've been up to three rotations Uh, So I've had a push one, a push two, and a push three, and I'd rotate through those. Now, the reason why we do those is to kind of inhibit that stalling process. If you squat every single leg session, you're you're much more likely to to hit a sticking point with that quicker. And our idea is to delay those sticking points as much as we can with that exercise variation and that exercise rotation. Um, While you'd keep along the same... The same patterns, the same uh, exercise order almost. So you'd be working muscles very, very similarly. Um, you might not necessarily do a pendulum squat. You might swap it for a normal squat. You might swap it for a pendulum. You might swap it for a hack squat. And you just rotate those through boots So then you don't exhaust one over the other. Uh, it also adds a little bit of freshness to your exercises. So it adds a little bit of... Um, just a little bit of extra sauce. You know what I mean? You know when you go to Nando's and, and the sauce they give you is not quite enough on the chicken, so you add a little bit more. That's what that rotation is. You know, the chicken and chips, they work and they get get the job. But it's way, way better with a li- little bit of extra sauce. And that's what uh, that's essentially what exercise rotation is. It just allows you to progress a little bit longer, keeps you interested in a little bit longer. You're going to find that you like certain movements in certain sessions. You're going to start looking forward to those. It's going to create a very, very positive positive uh, relationship with with training so i think that's uh, something to really consider in terms of variation so definitely rotate your exercises rotate your, your sessions but i wouldn't rotate them more than twice or three times max um unless you're doing some kind of really really high frequency program you could probably get away with four uh three three would be more than enough more than enough i usually stick with two what is your opinion on wim hof and his breathing method uh, obviously, a <laughs> disclaimer alert, I am not a, uh, a doctor, I am not Wim Hof, and I am not the leading researcher in breathing, um, but for what I have seen, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing, and, and, and I've tried a few of the things before, and, and they definitely help. I, I personally would actually like to delve a little bit deeper into it myself. Um, I've been in very, very cold showers and implemented some of the Wim Hof techniques, breathing through the diaphragm. I've done diaphragmatic breathing uh, for a long time anyway, just post-workout. I usually do 10 to 15 breaths through my diaphragm just to kind of bring my heart rate back down to baseline or to help that process at least. Um, And that's a lot what Wim Hof is about. It's just about being under control of your body, but the, the the extent that he goes to with controlling his nervous system, controlling his immune system... Is very, very impressive. I know that Vice did a study. I don't know if it was Vice or it was a university and Vice documented it. But they did a study on uh, Wim Hof and they injected him with a, I don't know if it was a, a mild form of TB or a mild form of something or other. I can't remember exactly, but he managed to get infected with it. His heart rate, his blood pressure, his immune system barely reacted whatsoever because he was able to control that immune system very, very well and actually eradicate the disease, the infection that they that they gave him. You can Google this and you can find the study and it's amazing. He also then went on to teach, I think like a dozen people to do the same thing and they repeated the entire test again with all of those people and all. All of them were able to fight it off in something that they're never usually able to fight off. I think they do this study quite a lot. Or um, well, they've done it on a mass scale and no one's been able to, to quote unquote beat it or you know beat the infection. They've had to kind of help them get out. So it's very, very interesting and it's something to consider. I'm very, very much a believer in a soup you call it a superhuman body but it's actually what the body can genuinely do rather than you're a superman you're a superhuman you just manage to tap into what the body can really do and I believe that's what people can do when they can push harder than anyone else I think Usain Bolt can run faster than anyone else because he's got he's tapped into this place where he can just move his body so quick Wim Hof is tapped into his body and I think a lot of people can can do this I think cyclists as well tapping into their their deep stores and pushing beyond they can even move is very, very much a superhuman skill. So I think it's something to consider, but that's my opinion of Wim Hof. Decent guy. I'm sure he's a lovely bloke to be around as well. Will I do anything different in life after this? Uh, I'm assuming this is quarantine. I think, uh, I think a lot of us should take a lot of value from this. But I, I also think that a lot of people just fuck or won't at all. We've got to understand the value of going to the gym, the privilege of going to the gym, the privilege of going to the shop and getting whatever you want, the privilege of being at home with your loved ones, the privilege of having a garden, you know, all of these things have gone up in value. And 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 th- that value should stay because it, it's going to make everything else seem more expensive. If you get like holidays are going to be better. That first holiday, that first whoever you are, that first sip of beer, that first gym session, that first Nando's, you know, is going to be incredible after that quarantine. But what makes that Nando's any different than the one you had six months ago or four months ago whatever it is? Nothing really, it's just that you couldn't have it because you weren't allowed it. So we need to understand how privileged and lucky we are living in living in England, living in the UK, living in the US, living in a first world country where we have that ability to do anything. I will never take a, a gym workout for granted again, that is for sure. And I think some of the things that I'm going to take into life is appreciation for being around people, um, appreciation for not being on my phone 90% of the day. Um, I've actually, I was looking at my screen time, my screen time's actually gone down. While it's probably gone up on the Xbox and it's probably gone up on my Mac, on my phone, it's gone down and that's been very, very nice to not continuously pick up that phone. Don't get me wrong, I've definitely still picked it up a lot, but it's gone down a little bit. So I'm gonna, hopefully I'm gonna take in some less screen time. I'm gonna take in some more family time. I'm gonna take in some more appreciation and I'm going to take in much more gratefulness because I am grateful to be in the position right now where I'm sat here at my desk still doing my job or still doing what I enjoy. You know, I still have the ability to train outside. I can still keep fit. I can still go for a walk. I can still do everything that I need to. And it's, and it's, and it's these little things that we often just take for granted. So I'm going to be much more grateful in, in, in the life after quarantine. What's the most challenging thing since I've since lockdowns? Or the most challenging thing that you've faced since lockdown? Uh, I want you guys to think about this as well. Like, What's been the hardest thing for you to handle? Has it been not walking? Has it been not leaving the house? Has it been not going to the gym? Has it been not seeing loved ones? Um, I think for me, while uh, not seeing my girlfriend has been probably the hardest thing because I have a very big connection to her that... I Feel like some part of me is a little bit lost. I feel like my connections a little bit, you know, is trying to connect but it can't um, but I think excluding that I think the hardest thing has been uh, In bodybuilding the food my appetite has been been so down I think obviously I'm not training to the capacity that I used to be um, I'm sitting around a little bit more not doing as many steps as I used to be so Just eating that food has been very very difficult again first world problem let's talk a bit about gratefulness um I think the most challenging thing has hundred been been not seeing uh, my girlfriend because to be honest I'm, I'm a bit of a bit of a hermit anyway I mean I leave for the, I leave for the gym and and that's really it I do all a day so you know 95 percent of my day is the same that five percent is is just I train at home now instead of at the gym so that's probably the hardest thing uh, oh, this leads nicely into this question. How am I finding it being away from the missus? So I kind of briefly touched about it, touched on it. Then it's very, very difficult. I think I think me and my girlfriend have such a um, a connection to each other that it, it does feel like I'm a little bit lost. She was my backbone. She's someone that I talk to a lot about business with. She's someone that I vent to, you know, and and that process is still it still happens but it's just like through a phone and it's just you can't have those big long conversations when you're with them you know and you see them face to face gauge their reactions and and that kind of stuff is more just like are you free yeah i'm free okay cool let's let's talk for our allotted time because we've got other things to do you know rather than being together we can just naturally have that happen um i think anyone who uh who's who's kind of living away from a partner during this time like i, I feel you like it's very very difficult um and like when you, when you completely and utterly love someone, you're besotted with someone to not be able to go see them is very, very difficult, but I'm probably going to risk it. I'm probably going to risk it and go, don't tell anyone, even though I put it on here. <laughs> um, so I did a post the other day about holding a weight, um, like a, a body weight and making that weight look better. So that sounds very, very appealing to people, right? So you could be, oh my God, I'm hundred kilos. I'm going to stay hundred and I'm going to look better and better and better granted that is that may happen right that may happen it's not going to be efficient and i don't want people to say to take what i said as oh my god josh said i can maintain my weight and look better at that weight it means i can gain muscle and burn body fat don't get me wrong you can but it's not the most efficient way to do it it's not always the right way to do it Uh, especially when it's coming from me where I'm pushing through big periods of time where I'm putting on a lot of weight. Like I was 88 kilos on stage. I was 117 kilos today. That's nearly 30 kilos up from when we first started. Um, like Just to hold that amount of weight and to solidify that tissue. Like Because I'm, I'm at that point right now where... And a lot of people will. When you gain a lot of muscle and you gain a lot of weight, body weight... Quite often, or more often than not, your body hasn't necessarily adapted to that amount of weight, so it's not going to be as, as, as easy to keep. So if you suddenly dropped your food, you drop that weight like a sack of shit, right? Um, because it's just weight that your body sees as not needed. It's weight that your body sees as inefficient. Um, but actually holding that weight for four to six weeks is more or less what I meant. You know, Maybe, maybe a little bit longer if, if, if you can. Um, but holding that weight will really just tell your body that this is where we're staying right so I've been above 114 115 kilos now um, for probably about eight weeks now Um, and now my body is finding it much harder to lose that weight which is very very good news for me because for me if I missed a meal because I was too busy or just not hungry and I was force feeding and it wasn't going in or I missed my calories by a little bit, or, or I did a really, really hard workout. Uh, I, my weight dropped, and I couldn't stay above 114, 115 for ages. But once I kind of crept up there, and once I've stayed there, now my weight is, is 117, and now I struggle to get below 116. You know, even if I miss a meal. Like, I missed a, I missed a meal yesterday, uh, because I've been so, so busy the last couple of days. I worked from 9 till about 7.30 yesterday um and then you know I just, I just i just couldn't i was like what am i gonna do sleep or am i gonna get this food in and my weight's the same today Like, i didn't i barely dropped because my body is much more comfortable at this weight it knows it's going to be here for a long time and it actually looks a little bit better than it did last week and it's because you kind of gain that fullness you solidify that muscle that initial water that flu- that fluctuates in from from the increased calories starts to subside as you find equilibrium um, and you make that weight look better And you solidify that weight So it, it's it's a very very good option To take you know push your body weight up to where Maybe feels uncomfortable But just push your body weight up 10-15 pounds Hold hold that 10-15 pounds For a couple weeks you know Then push up a bit more hold it again For 2 or 3 weeks And just spending time at these weights Will solidify that muscle much much more Along with obviously training and, and what not So you've got to consider that uh, a really good question here, like, how can you maintain your mental focus when training at home? Uh, and I completely understand that, you know, you've gone from a big, heavy gym where you've had that routine of getting in your car, you know, driving to the gym, or you've you've walked to the gym, or you've biked to the gym, and there's that little process before you get to the gym where your mind is saying, I'm going to the gym now, it's time to fucking work. You have any little pre-workout, and you've got your music on, and you're ready to go. Now that process before the workout has sort of been stripped, you've also gone to this place which is has, has weights, which has people in there, which has an atmosphere, and you've kind of gone to... <laughs> now you've got to go to your, your garden or your front room or your spare room, and you've got bands, and it's not the same vibe. And I completely understand it, and it's going to be very, very difficult for you to recreate that same vibe. So my advice to you is to set up a new routine. Now, something that my boy TM Cycles has been doing, and maybe this is a little bit extreme. Maybe this is a little bit weird. I'm sure he'd be the first one to admit. But he gets in his car before he wants to work out. He'll do a loop around the block. He'll drink his pre-workout. He'll have his music on exactly like he would do normally to recreate that same vibe. And there is definitely a psychological aspect in that. You know, there's a psychological aspect in anything that we do in a routine. When you go to work, your body knows you're about to work. When you stop for lunch, your body gets hungry. When it's meal three, when it's meal four, your body gets a little bit hungry. Your body is a a creature of habit. It is an adaptation machine, so you need to drive a new habit into it. Maybe you take 5-10 minutes on a treadmill you've got at home, a bike at home. Maybe you go for a 5-10 minute walk with your pre-workout maybe you sit in front of your laptop and, and you've got some music playing while you're watching a, a, a pumping up video but you need to set a new routine that's going to get you in that headspace it's all about the environment that you can create for me, I make a fucking bit of noise you know, I say to myself let's fucking go then Josh you know, and I say stupid shit to myself no one's watching no one's going to judge me for what I'm shouting at. No one's going to judge me for for what I'm fucking saying into my head. But, you know, that's the shit that gets me going. So I'm going to do it. It might not be the shit that gets you going. And it might be something a little bit calmer. It might be something a little bit softer. And that's absolutely fine. You've just got to find a little routine that you can psychologically attribute to training. Now, my girlfriend is having a little bit of trouble at the moment because, and I'm sure a lot of people are as well, with our hunger. Now, she works a lot, and when she's when everything's normal, she's up at six. You know, sometimes sometimes she's up at half five. She goes to the gym for an hour in London. That you know, after her hour and a half commute, and then she will work till six p.m. Then it's an hour and a half back, and she's back at seven thirty. And then she's gonna eat, and then she's gonna sleep. So she's got this association with her flat as just like a a transport point between between work. She goes there to eat and sleep, and then comes back. So now that everyone's now working from home in this place where you've always only really ate and slept, you do have this psychological attribution to eating and sleeping. So now she's super, super hungry, but she's doing less, you know, and she's in this place where she always comes back to eat and she's uh, in, a, in a one bedroom flat. So, you know, her living room is is open kitchenette onto a kitchenette. So she looks at her fridge a Meter away from her versus when she's in the office She's you know, however many meters away from the kitchen and it's not her own kitchen So you're much less likely to go in it. You've got people to talk to you've got things to distract you So now the focus is on is on food is on sleep is on distraction is on procrastination So it's going to be up to you to recreate recreate that environment for me my suggestions to her were separate your environments you know, have your workspace, have your sleep space, have your chill space. Don't don't combine them all into one. Now, for me, I'm sat at my kitchen desk right now, um, or a desk in the kitchen, I should say. I only ever work when I'm at this desk. Whenever I'm chilling, I'm in the living room. Whenever I'm doing anything else, I'm out of this room. Whenever I'm sleeping, I'm in my bed, obviously. And I only use these rooms for what they're meant to. So if you can start to build that similar attribution to training, uh, to work, to sleep, to food, just in different environments psychologically, you're going to have the advantage there. Um, so I would definitely, definitely recommend just setting up a little bit of a routine before. For me, I come in, I get my big iMac up, I get a big, big tune on, I'm sipping on a pre-workout, maybe on, on Instagram, I'm buzzing around, and I'm trying to create that energy and, and that 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 want to go train. And ultimately, if you really, really do want your goals and you really, really do want that that, that better physique, you're going to have to work for it regardless. So let's fucking go. that's all we can really uh, say on that matter that's all I can really say on that matter Um, I'm sure there's plenty of other things there if you guys ever have any tips like this fire them over to me I'll be happy to post them and talk about them Um, but that's like a little bit on how you can maintain mental focus when training at home and also focus when you're doing work at home I know people would be distracted a lot easier uh, it's like it's like when whenever you go in, into school and it's like non-uniform day and it feels like a bit of a lackluster day everyone's distracted that's like every day now every day you just get up in your pajamas and you can do your work in your pajamas it's like non-uniform day every day um, so you've got to create that positive that positive mentality even if it means getting into gym clothes even if it means getting into work clothes and just sitting there and making sure you've done that routine you know it might look a bit silly but who gives a shit no one's there it's gonna help your mentality. Then, then, then I think I think it's a benefit, and I think it's what someone should do, for sure. Um, this kind of leads nicely into the into the next question of kind of I'm just struggling. Like, this guy was just like I'm just struggling mentally to deal with everything, and, and I think it is a time of uncertainty. It's anxiety inducing, like that feeling of impending doom is like the definition of anxiety, right? And we've got a fucking pandemic outside we're not allowed outside, like, it's normal to feel like this, so first of all, guys, anyone listening to this who feels anxious, who feels uncertain at this time, and they don't necessarily normally do, it's normal, dude, like, or do that. it's normal, relax, you know, just just think about everyone else going through the same situation, and we've got to focus on the tangible things we have, the effort you can put into your work, the effort you can put into your training, your daily walk, what meals are you going to cook? Are you going to cook something new today? Are you going to do this today? You've got to focus on those things that you have control over. I, this may seem like a very, very generic uh, advice, but it's the best advice you can get. Focus on what you actually have control over because right now you don't have control of not going outside. You don't have control of going to the gyms. You don't have control of going to the supermarket at the right time. You know, But what you do have control control over is what's going to make the difference. So focus on those things. Um, I think another thing to consider there is time, we're still fairly new into this, it's still like alien to not leave your house, it's still alien to to not go to work, it's like it's been a week, right, it's been maybe just a little bit over a week, um, like, we've got weeks of this yet and, and I guarantee you it'll get easier, you will get into that routine, I think they say, what is it, 21 days to make a habit, this will be normal by the end of you know, this next couple of weeks. This will be normal to wake up here and it'll be normal to, to eat here and do your, do your work here and, and, and it will be um, a lot easier with time. So my advice to anyone struggling with mental focus, with men- with your mentality, with your anxiety, talk. Talk to someone, explain how you feel. Even if it's a random influence on the internet, if they're really about their business, they're going to reply to you. Even if it's your parents, even if it's your girlfriend, maybe you start being more open than normal because everything's a little bit more closed. I think you need to focus on the now, you need to focus on the things that you can control and you need to focus on the things that, that, that you can really focus on and actually have an impact on. Because right now, you cannot, fix, you cannot fix the pandemic. And that's just the way it is. So you're going to have to fix something else. And focus on those things. Another good question: Do I miss being smaller, um, a little bit more flexible? So I said this to my girlfriend: Like I'm definitely at the point right now where this, like, for my forever life after bodybuilding, I'm pretty much where I want to be, if not a little bit smaller. Um, excuse me, I'm about to cough. This is not Corona, but now it is. Maybe it is. <coughs> I just like to do these in one take. Sorry. So, I'm pretty close to maybe being too big for where I want to be. I think I've got a lot of body fat right now. I think if I take off a load of body fat and feel a bit more functional, then I'll be very happy with where I am. But I think for my forever life, quote unquote, when I'm done with bodybuilding and I want to live forever and I want to live to 150 it's very counter- counteractive to living forever. But when I want to live for a very long time, uh, it's not going to be efficient for me to be this big. Muscle is very kind of energy sparing. It's not necessarily the best thing for, for living a long time. You definitely want to be a skinnier person or skinnier than me. So I definitely do miss that feeling of like being able to sprint, being able to jump over things like a climb trees and jump out of them. Now, like, if I jump down, like, a three-foot jump, I've got to be very careful not to pop a kneecap, I've got to be very careful not to pull something, I try and do a handstand, I'll pull a muscle, like, I'll try and play football or rugby again, I'll pull a muscle, because I'm so highly strung to bodybuilding, and this is not like a, oh, I'm such fucking meat and I can't do stuff, I can't do this, it's like, no, I just don't do that stuff, because I know what will happen. Right. I've had so many injuries in my life, i played so much football, so much rugby, so much swimming, cross country, every single th- sport you can imagine. I've had so many injuries and they've always come from doing, well not always, but most of the time they've come from doing something that I just shouldn't have been doing. I'm 117 kilos, I'm 6 foot, I should not be j- jumping out of trees, Like that's not what I should do. So I just don't do it. That's not to say I don't miss it. I definitely do, but there's just things that I just shouldn't and couldn't do, or shouldn't and can't do. Um, so there's definitely aspects of that that I do miss, but I'm not gonna miss them as like, oh my god, I wish I was this, because my goal is just is there. It's between my eyes. It's in my forehead, burning, and I'm not gonna stop till I get there. And then when I'm there, sure then we're going to go appreciate those things I can do when I'm a little bit smaller. But for right now, I love being big. I love being me. I love doing what I'm doing. And I'm just going to keep going until, until I get to where I want to go or until I'm done. You know, And then, and then we can focus on that after. Uh, we're going to go to the final question now. We're going to keep these a little bit shorter at 30 minutes today uh, or just over. Um, how do I know, and this is in capitals, how do I know the re- the amount of rest to take between sets? So there's a few things you need to consider when you talk about your rest between sets and now some of it is going to be what kind of exercise are you doing? Are you doing a big compound movement? Are you doing a very, very taxing movement? Are you doing an isolation? Obviously, both are going to have different energy demands. So we're going to require a different amount of recovery, a different amount of rest time. Now, we know the basic energy system cycles. We've got ATP, we've got creatine phosphate, Um so basically we've got adenosine triphosphate the adenosine triphosphate molecule will break which will create an energy reaction creatine phosphate will then attach to the uh, creatine will then attach to the phosphate molecule which will then break which will then create another energy molecule and this roughly lasts about 2 minutes so this is this is this is about where we want to be focusing on our rest time and is anywhere above two three minutes so we can fully recover our ATP stores we can rebond uh, those those uh, molecules um, and we can replenish the, the creatine uh, the creatine phosphate that we've just burnt through and we can generally get your heart rate back down and your breath rate back down to where you're going to be effective again for a workout now Obviously, if you consider something like a bench press or a squat or a deadlift, the rest time for that is not only going to be coined on the amount of creating phosphate you're trying to get back or the ATP you're going to get back, but also just like how fucked you feel, right? You're not going to go back into a set where you need to put everything into it, right? We're trying to generate as much muscular tension as we physically can. You're going to be able to generate more muscular tension when you're fresh versus fatigued. That makes sense, right? So you need to make sure that you feel ready to go that's my biggest piece of advice when you feel ready to go you're probably ready to go Uh, and if that feeling is 30 seconds you're not working hard enough and that's a very 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 easy way to work out how much you should be resting do a bench press set how you get off how do you feel i feel a bit sore i feel a bit pumped i feel like actually i'm out of breath my heart rate's a bit high okay cool let's wait a minute let's wait two minutes let's wait three minutes how are you now to be fair, like, I still feel it in my pack. Okay, cool, let's do five minutes. Oh, f- no, I feel good now. Perfect. I've taken 10 minutes for a set before because it's taken so much out of me. You know, when you get so amped up for a set, you've got to be very, very careful of, of that recovery and not pushing heart rate up too high. And you want that ability for your heart rate to get low again to happen. So it helps with, with, your, with your recovery. Um, actually, just a side note, sometimes when I have really, really stimmy, uh, pre-workouts where caffeine's quite high and my heart rate can't get low enough between sets, I find that my recovery is shot and, and the session's even harder. So that's definitely something to consider. Uh, but when you move into something like an isolation, like a bicep curl, like an elbow-supported bicep curl is going to be massively less stress through the the energy systems than like a big squat, right? So you can can probably do with less rest, but your body's going to feel like it needs less rest. You're going to feel fine and ready to go after two minutes versus five minutes. So my best piece of advice for someone who doesn't want to take it too complicated with, you know, the energy systems, when do you feel like you could fucking smash that set again or smash a lighter set? That's probably going to be when you're ready, you know? anywhere between 1 to 5, maybe even 10 minutes if you need to, right? And it's going to come lower down that scale if it's an isolation and higher up that scale if it's a compound movement. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed those questions. We'll be back with another one in a couple days probably. Um, Stay strong we're pushing through we're coming together i'm I'm very very proud to be a fucking sapienoid right now that is not the word homo sapien i'm happy to be a human right now i've seen very much positivity in the air i've seen people adhering i've seen lots of amazing techniques to to, still train to eat to keep interested and i'm very very fucking happy with it so i hope you guys have a good day i will speak to you soon peace and love everybody and to see you off this is muchacho by moreno absolute banger soundcloud check out I was going to stop here, but it's too good. I'm on the beat now. One, two, three, four. Woohoo!